Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're in the Mankato area, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at MankatoHilltop.org. Best of all, God is with us. The scripture reading this morning comes from Romans. We are now uh, in chapter 15 of Romans. And so we're going to pick it up in verse 1 in this series, starting in Romans 15 in verse 1. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. For Christ did not please himself, but, as it is written, the insults of those who insulted you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again he says, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise him. And again Israel says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to to rule the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles shall have hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Holy Scripture. One of the deepest needs of every human heart is to be accepted and loved. We say accepted and loved because not just loved, but in the deeper sense of being loved that only comes with acceptance. That's what we're all searching for. It's one of the reasons we are a church. It's the thing that underlies most, if not all, of our actions. Now, there are many places we look for love. There are many places where we can look for love in all the wrong places. You know that tune. But I want to make a case for this place, Hilltop United Methodist Church, this sanctuary, this congregation, to be the place where that has happened. Now, if you're here today, I'm guessing at some point in your faith journey, you found love and acceptance in this place. You found it from God, who loved and accepted you from the moment you were born. You found it in God's people in this congregation. 
who welcomed you and loved you and brought you into the fold? St. Augustine said, a friend is someone who knows everything about you and still accepts you. When I get up here and preach each and every Sunday, I'm trying to tell you just about everything about me. So hopefully you've gotten to know me a bit too over all the years. So I was able to spend some time just this past week with some of my friends. You've heard me talk about them before. These are the people that love and accept me. Now I know you do too, but I've known these people longer. They're my covenant group. We've been together since 2005. Here's a picture of the five of us. We are all United Methodist pastors. We meet every Thursday at 8.30 to support, encourage, and pray for one another. These are the guys that got your pastors back. These are the guys that know all of the dirty little secrets, that know all of the foibles and struggles and joys and celebrations. And I know all of theirs. And yet, still choose to love and accept. They were here. We get together once a year at each of our home bases. And they came to Mankato this year. It was their turn to come here. So I had to show them around. That's a picture of us standing inside the Mankato Curling Club. I'll get back to that in just a minute. But while we were together, we do a lot of things. We usually start our moments together with worship, and since they were visiting Mankato, I got to show them our church here, and we got to hear uh, my friend Jake was the one who preached, and my friend Matt was the one who played guitar. We gathered at this table for communion as an opening worship to our time together, because while we are friends, and while we have fun, and we play cards, and we this time went curling, <laughs> it's also grounded in our spiritual lives together and supporting and nourishing and, and helping us grow in our discipleship. So our retreats are typically grounded in that as well. I asked Abby if she would help us learn how to curl. She was so gracious. Here she is teaching. You should have seen the look on 40-year-old men when Abby got into that position. Okay, guys, it's just like this. All the guys are like, do we have to bend down that far? <laughs> But we got good. We eventually got pretty good at it. It took us a second to get it all figured out. But when you watch curling during the Winter Olympics this coming year, now you'll be like, whoa, that's just not, it's, it's a lot bigger workout than you imagine. We were able to take a, uh, sit in on a class with Dr. Olson at the university. He was teaching us some music stuff. We were in one of his advanced music classes. Several of us on, in this group have somewhat of a musical background together. We recorded a podcast with Justin Klein. I don't have pictures of that, but there will be some episodes coming out on the Mankato Hilltop podcast with me and these four others, and we got into the weeds on all things church. Now, these uh, five guys, you know me, I'm from Minnesota in Mankato, but there's also Nebraska, Chicago, Nashville, Tennessee, and Decatur, Mississippi. So we cover a wide spectrum between North and South, what United Methodism looks like in all of those different places. These are the ones in my life who love me unconditionally, and there's others, 
I could put pictures up there as well of other people. I could put pictures of my family. The ones who have accepted me, just as Christ has accepted me, and loved me, sometimes even in spite of the bumps and warts and all of that. I share all of this so that you know who is helping me stay grounded in ministry. Who's helping me stay grounded in my faith. It takes a team effort to stay grounded in what Jesus is doing in our lives. It really does. That's partly why you're here today, I know. To be surrounded with a group of people to support and encourage you through this thing we call life, through all of the challenges, through all the foibles, through all of the ups and downs. It's also what this scripture passage is kind of pointing to for us as a church. What does it mean to be the church? These words from Romans, Paul writing a letter to the church in Rome, still echo true for us today. See, we as a church exist to build people up to support and encourage them, to come alongside one another and love them and support them and be there for them. And yes, the deepest sense of love, accept them and receive them. In verse 2, when he mentions this, each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up that neighbor. So if you want to know why we exist as a church, Here's a reason why, right here, to building up those who are our neighbors. Now, it might have been many, many years ago for you, or it might have just been within the last year or two, where you found Hilltop United Methodist Church, and you found a group of people that existed for this purpose, But we need to remember and not lose sight of this because the longer we become part of a church, the longer we're involved with it, the more we can just start to think of ourselves and not our neighbors. So the purpose for us existing is to help build one another up. The only way that can happen is by loving and accepting people. And nothing can cause a deeper wound when someone feels that they are not treated with love and respect. Unfortunately, that does happen, doesn't it? And none of us are perfect. Now, if the church has ever treated you that way, for that, I'm very sorry. Because what we are called to do is love God and love our neighbors, but sometimes that can be hard. It can be challenging. People's attitudes and expectations kind of like get in the way sometimes. We make mistakes doing that from time to time. So if that's been the case, I'm truly sorry. But regardless of that pain, true healing is only able to come through Christ, through his reconciliation, through his healing. We can't find that in anything else, even though we might try to self-medicate or we might try to do other things or we might try to complain or other. It's only Christ that can be that healing balm for our lives. Why? Because God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world. You know that from John 3, 16. He sent his son, his very own son, into the world. Why? Because it was a world filled with pain. It was a world filled with brokenness. It was a world filled with mistakes. And the only healing that can come comes from the love of God and Jesus Christ. 
So Jesus taking on flesh, coming into our world, walking into the human condition, knows exactly what it is to be loved and what it is to experience pain. To me, it really feels like this right now is a moment where love is on trial. Because everything outside the doors of this church, and hopefully not inside, but sometimes it seeps in, trying to keep it out, everything outside the doors of this church is anger, frustration. And it's people of one side versus another side. I'm right, you're wrong, this thing, that thing. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking about. We're in terrible shape right now as a world. We really are. But you know what? We've always been. We've always been that because the world is full of sin. But it seems like love is at an all-time low. It's really hard to, to sell love right now. Loving those with whom we might disagree or loving those who might have a different way of seeing the world or... We're not, we're, we're not necessarily known as the model of love and acceptance as a country or as a church. I'm talking about the church universal. I hope when people come here, they see something different. They see a different world. They experience a different group of people. They know what it means to be a group that is focused on loving. Loving God, loving our neighbors, loving those whom we are sitting in the pew with right now. Loving people who are a part, not just of this congregation, but the ones who live right next door to us. To prove his point and to show that this is how the church has been, the Apostle Paul in his letter talks about all the ways that this has been written in the Old Testament. He says in verse 4, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. The former days he's talking about is the Old Testament. So that by steadfast and by the encouragement of the scriptures, we, we might have hope. That is still so true today. And hope is something that is missing in so many places in our world. Why? Because the love is missing. The love is missing. But what God has said is what will be. God sent his son in this world so that we could live in this new sense of harmony. What does that look like? Where does that come from? The Apostle Paul quotes several things, but I want to read one from Deuteronomy. He didn't quote Deuteronomy, so I'm going to quote Deuteronomy. And this is what people would have heard at the time. This is written to the Israelite people, whom we as Christians have come out of. For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples of the earth to be his people. His treasured possession. It's not because you were more numerous than any other people that the Lord set his heart on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. It was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath that he swore to your ancestors that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt." It's not because anyone is special. It's not because God chooses a particular people that are better than others. He takes it a step farther then by sending his own son into the world. He sees the plight of his people and he sends his son Jesus into the world 
All of this to help us put our hope and our trust in him. Recalling the acts of God throughout time and space, the saving works of Christ, which leads us to a moment to put our trust, our trust in God and what God is doing. That the difficult shape we might find ourselves in, as a country, as a world, whatever we might, that we can hope and trust in the living God that all of that stuff that's outside the walls does not have the final word. It is not the end. So why does Paul keep mentioning welcoming? Welcoming. He talks about welcoming and welcoming the other and bringing these and making sure these people come in. He says it again in verse 7. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the, for the glory of God. Part of it is to show that there is no longer insiders or outsiders. There is no longer the righteous people over here and the unrighteous people over here. It is no longer to say like we serve these and we don't serve those. Everybody, everybody, in his context, Jews and Gentiles, in our context, however you want to divide people, Vikings and Packers, you know what I'm talking about. Whatever thing that might divide us, that we are all now hosts and we are all now guests. Love has a way of leveling this playing field because all have been welcomed into this infinite expanse of divine love. This is what we mean when we say words like grace or agape love. So one of the reasons we are engaged in this capital campaign is because of that. Honoring the past, the way that God has been loving others throughout time and space in this place and in our old sanctuary and down on 4th and Lafayette in our old building and talking about the way that we still believe and hope and trust in the power of love in this world and that we know the future generations are going to need it because the hope they find outside of this building if it's not centered in God's love it's not looking great but the hope we find in and around God's people and how we share that love is a hope that will weather the storm Part of the reason we want to update our facility is so that we can engage more faithfully with our own people and continue to reach new people. But why? Why? Because nowhere else are they going to hear this message of love. Nowhere else are they going to center their life in this love. Nowhere else are they going to find support and encouragement to live in God's love if we, the church, don't do that. Now, I know it's difficult. Absolutely, it's difficult to reach the next generation. And I'm thankful for so many people of the next generation who are in here and engaged and part of our worshiping life, families and children. But engagement looks different since COVID. It's not the same. We reach a lot of people online now. So if you're in the building, you're thinking, where's that person I used to see? Chances are they might be online. We have a different online presence, and we're trying to also now reach the next generation who, quite frankly, lives online. I mean, that's a mind blow for me. Like, like what? How do we do that? So we're trying to live into this reality, and even into living into this new reality, the message doesn't change. The hope is still the same. The hope for you is the same hope we have for the next generation and the many generations to come.
That in this place, they would know God's love. That they would be welcomed and accepted. The deepest sense of love. I experienced this really powerfully this week. You maybe know or maybe you don't know. I'm a music undergrad. I know a few things about music. It's been 25 years since I was in a university classroom, in a university music classroom. So I got to take a class and sit in on one with Dr. Olson, who's our worship leader at the second service. And I was sitting there in that music class, and I know you've had this experience too. If you work in finance, if you work in healthcare, wherever. And everything about music has changed in the last 25 years. I was like, if I ever got back into this, I'd have to go back to school. I don't know how to do all of the stuff in music anymore. The world has changed. Things have changed. And you know what? If you are an undergraduate, you know this because this is your world now. If uh, I left his class thinking uh, that the world has continued to change, this is true in the church as well. And for those who are working, you know this well. If you work in the world today, it is a different place than it was even just two years ago. Some of you right now are like, I'm glad I retired before 2019, because that means I don't have to quite keep up in the same way. See, if you worked for Consolidated, now you're dealing in fiber. If you worked for Old National Bank, now you're cashing your checks on your phone. That's a new thing. People don't even go to the bank. And for those who learn, many of them learn on the computer screen. That's a whole different way of learning than what we grew up with, right? Right? So when I first came to Hilltop, uh, one of my first Sundays, I showed you this sign that hangs in my office. It's still hanging in my office. I remember when I started in ministry, this was hard. And it's only gotten harder. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. I keep this sign in my office. I had it made by a friend because I needed to remind myself of that. Because when things change, I like to just dig my heels in and resist change. And no, you're not going to change me. I was not willing to do this second part. It is optional, by the way. We are living right now through some of the most massive change that many of us have ever experienced. We see it. We feel it. Especially if we think about the ways that church used to be. Pretty soon the cars are going to start driving themselves. That freaks me out. I don't know about you, but what does that mean to getting to church? But here's the thing. Through the midst of all of that change, through the midst of all of the things we have now done, and man, change has been the name of the game since I got here in 2019 because the, the pandemic just changed everything, didn't it? And it's good to see you online. I know you're watching. That's one of the big things. I broad, we broadcast now online. Never did that before. But what has not changed is God's promise to you and to me. That has not changed. His love, his love has not changed. Not one iota. 
his love letter to you and me is still valid. And our response to that love letter is still important. We can trust God for his faithfulness, even in times of change and in times of turmoil, because, because of his love. Because he first loved us, and because that love strengthens us. The Apostle Paul put it this way, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised, the Gentiles, that's us, on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And in order that the Gentiles, in other words, all people, might glorify God for his mercy. As we get ready to sing in just a few weeks, two weeks away, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in a stable in Bethlehem. The hope that Jesus Christ offers, the hope of Advent, the hope of all of this who comes into the world, who doesn't stand aloof but comes to meet us. This is why we worship and why we celebrate. This is why we gather. It confirms the promises of those who have come before us, the many generations of people who have lived and died. We honor their past. In many ways, we stand on their shoulders because of the love that they had for you without even knowing you. And now we move into the future with hope because the message hasn't changed. The aesthetics change. Other parts of it change. Someday we'll have new carpet in here. That will change. But the message has never, never changed. We do have several needs as a church. And you've heard about the ways that we've talked about how we hope to update our facility. Or also known as this. Part of the reason we want to do that is because of the second part of that, to grow, to reach new people, to welcome people, and to share that love that we know. Thank you to all who have made an effort to support the work of Hilltop United Methodist Church, and if you haven't had the opportunity to do that, you'll have the opportunity this week to make a commitment to our annual stewardship campaign to support that work, to make a commitment to the capital campaign over the next three years to support that work as well. Because, because, one of the deepest human needs we all have is to be accepted and loved. And this is the place where that can happen. So if you receive your packet already, you can complete the forms and turn them in. Some, many of you will receive those packets this week, and I ask you to prayerfully consider how you can support the mission and ministry of Hilltop United Methodist Church. Why? Because of this verse that he ends it all with. We're going to read it together. It's on the bookmark you received from the church. It's something that has been undergirding all of our work as a capital campaign. And it's the last verse of that passage I read a moment ago. Let's read it together. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May it be so this day. Amen. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Don't forget to visit us online at MankatoHilltop.org.